Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. What's up, Project Church? Man, good to be back with you. It's been a few weeks for me, and I've missed you guys. But man, we are so excited to be continuing this series, the and series. I know that God's been speaking in huge ways to us, challenging us, um, that as a church, we're not either or, we are both and. And today, I want to talk to you about this idea, these two things of truth and love. Two things that maybe have seen as being opposed to one another, and yet we need together in unity, truth and love. And I think uh, this is played out in a huge way in the political arena. And I think we're all thinking politics right now. It's an election year. Um, as you know, November is quickly approaching. And there's a lot of things that feel very political, but politics in general are something that can really divide us. And what's interesting is I, I'm in a family. Um, I'm a part of a family with sisters and their husbands. Um, and it's funny because as I talk with them, like I have brothers-in-law who are really on two different sides of the spectrum politically. And there are often times that we get together as a family and we're talking and suddenly politics come up, a political conversation, and I watch as these two competing uh, different ideologies collide. Man, the elephant and the donkey are going at it, right? And what's funny though is watching them is that even though they differ ideologically, they differ politically, they have a different perspective on what this country needs, um, they always come back together and there's love. Like they spend a lot of time together, they go on vacations together, um, they do hobbies together, they ski together, they boat I mean, it's so funny to watch two people that politically couldn't be further from each other and yet are constantly actually walking in unity. And I wanted you to hear that because I think that this example is one that we all need to look to, that we can differ on things, and yet there still uh, be a place of unity. And you know what brings us together? It's love. You see, they each have their truth, and they each bring their truth to conversations, um, to perspectives that come together. And yet because love, right, because as brothers-in-law, there's a love between them. And as family members, there's a love among us. Because there's love, they can stay together. And today, as we talk about this idea of truth and love, I want to challenge you because I think a lot of us are out there sharing our truth. There's a lot of truths being thrown out. And, and some of our truths differ from our brothers and sisters in Christ's truths. And some of the truth we're seeing on um, online and on social media and from the news is different than the other perspective of truth. And that's why as followers of Christ, we must always carry love with us because this is what unifies us. This is what brings us together. Now, we need truth and we need love, but we need them together. So let me read. I want to share with you today from Ephesians chapter 4. Um, I'm going to be reading verse 14 through 16, and this is a text that I think 
um, we all need to hear in this moment in our history, in this moment in our lives, in the middle of a pandemic, COVID-19, coronavirus, um, an election year, racial tension, we need to hear this. This is what it says. Paul is writing, he says, to the church in Ephesus, so that we may no longer be children. If you're out there listening, hear me. That we may no longer be children. Unfortunately, a lot of us are still acting like children. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, here it is, speaking the truth in love. Did you see that? Speaking the truth, you speak the truth, but you do it in love. We are to grow up. Everybody say grow up, wherever you are, behind your screen. Say grow up in every way into him. Who are we growing up into? We're growing up not into a better me. No, we're growing up into him who is the head, that is, into Christ. We're supposed to grow up to be like Jesus, to be like Christ. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the text that we need to hear right now in this moment. This is the scripture that you and I need to take to heart at this time. Here's what Tim Keller said in a recent message I heard. He said, truth without love is imperious self-righteousness. Love without truth is cowardly self-indulgence. Both are selfish. Did you hear that? That's why we need both truth and love. Or as John Newton once said of reproof, he said, our natural temptation is to say what we should not say or to not say what we should say. One is cruel arrogance, the other cruel cowardice, and neither is love. I think sometimes we don't say what we should say, and we do say what we shouldn't say, and neither is love. And that's what John Newton was getting at here. We are to speak the truth in love, this text tells us. The spirit in which you speak and the love in which you frame your truth, because let me tell you, your truth, because there are times that you think it's true, but it may not be true. The way in which you frame your truth will either draw people to you or push people away from you. Let me say that again. The spirit in which you speak and the love in which you frame your truth will either draw people to you or push people away from you. And as followers of Christ, Christians, most of you out there who are listening are Christians, listen to me, we are called to draw people unto us because as we draw people unto us, we are drawing them unto Christ. And so if you are sharing your truth without the framework of love, a spirit of love, an attitude of love, you're actually pushing people away and abandoning your primary purpose on this planet, which is to draw people unto Jesus. That is your call. That is your purpose. So what do I see in this world right now? I see a lot of children. Children being tossed to and fro by the waves of this culture, by different doctrines and perspectives. 
And the scripture actually tells us what tosses us. It says, wrong doctrine, human cunning. We got a lot of that going on right now. Craftiness, deceitful schemes. Yeah, these are the things that toss us to and fro. When we don't frame our lives and build our lives on the foundation of truth and love, we are tossed to and fro. We need to build and plant our feet, our foundation, firmly on truth and love. And I want to illustrate that for us right now. I'm going to invite um, my two sons and my dad. This is my boy's debut in a Project Church sermon. They're really excited because I told them, if you do this for me, I'll take you to Candy Heaven in Old Sack afterwards because that's where we are right now. And they said, we're in. And so here we go. I want to illustrate this for you right now with Kanan and Kai and my dad, Randy. So I've got a few helpers today. I've got Kanan, a.k.a. Love, rocking it today. I got Kai, also known as Truth. And then I got Randy over here as Truth and Love together. So what does this text tell us? I read it to you earlier, but it says to us right here, it says, look, we, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So what is this telling us? It's telling us that if we have one, if we're just one or the other, we're like a child. What, what happens with children? They get tossed to and fro, right? By every wave of doctrine, Come on, bro, fight back. But, I mean, this is love, and love is good, but love without truth can just get thrown around by, by schemes, by doctrine, by, by wrong teaching, by all these things. Why? Because children get tossed to and fro. They think this is funny. It's the same way with, with truth. If we have truth without love, it's, you're still a child. I, I don't beat my children, just so you guys know. They're loving this. And they get tossed to and fro by all of these wrong teachings, deceitful schemes. When we don't put it together, we're still a child. We're immature and we're thrown around. Okay, stand still. Here we go. But when we put truth and love together, as the Bible commands us to, and it says we grow up into him who is Christ, it says we mature, then we can stand steady. And when these Deceitful teachings come. Oh, he's strong. Truth and love together, my goodness. When, when these, you know, wrong doctrines come, when, when these schemes of this world and culture come, we stand firm. We hold our ground. This is what this text is telling us. It's telling us that if we are just truth or just love, we're immature. We're, we're children. And we can easily be thrown around. But when we put it together, the package deal of truth and love, that's when we, we stand firm. We don't fly left and right at the things of this world that come our way. Give it up for this crew right here. Come on, guys. You're awesome. High fives. All right. Thanks, guys. Too many of us see love, I believe, as weakness, especially in this moment. And we're taking our stances and we're saying, no, we have to correct injustices. And we do that with truth. 
We need to call out the elites and we do that with truth. We need to expose the hypocrisy. We do that with truth. We need to call out the, the you know, wrong political leaders. We do that with truth. Listen to me. If you are not speaking the truth in love, what the scripture tells us, Ephesians 4, you are a child. That's what it says. This is what Paul is teaching to the church in Ephesus. He's saying, you are a child and you will be tossed to and fro. That's why we need to speak truth, but we must do it with love. Love is what grows you up. Love is what makes us mature. Love is what gives us strength. What does speaking the truth in love do? It helps us to grow up. And it says that it helps us to grow up to be like Christ. We grow into Christ, this text tells us. The body, it tells us, is joined together. Every joint, marrow, the body is equipped. Each part works properly. What causes the body to grow? It's love. That's what this passage is telling us. It has to be love. That's why we need truth. We need to speak truth. We need to call out the truths that we see in this world. But we must do it in a framework of love. Otherwise, we are children, we are immature, and we will continue to be tossed to and fro by the things of this world. Truth without love becomes a weapon of superiority, producing pride in the speaker and frustration, anger, or pain in the listener. But truth with love becomes a balm of healing, producing humility in the speaker and enlightenment and healing for the listener. So I want to ask you today, do you want to be prideful or humble? Do you want to wound or heal? So I want to give you a couple things today, how to speak the truth in love. Because I think we can talk about that and I can say to you, listen, you got to speak the truth in love because that's what this text is telling us. That's what Paul is teaching us. But how do we practically do that? So first, it's got to be at the right time. When is the right time to speak the truth in love? Let me tell you, it's always. There's never a wrong time to speak the right thing. There's never a wrong time to speak the truth. But love will often make us think about if this is the right moment. And what I mean is hard conversations. You see, as a leader and a pastor, um, I've been in meetings where I felt like something needed to be corrected. But there are moments when I know that the healthy thing in this season, in this situation, in this circumstance, is to take this person aside and to bring correction, which is truth, but doing it on the side is the most loving thing that I can do. The problem is that often we, we don't want to have hard conversations, so we shy away and that is also not a loving thing to do. Because out of uncomfortability, we don't have the hard conversations that we're supposed to be having. Or we do it, but we humiliate someone in public because we're like, I got to speak the truth. Rather than saying, wait, is this the most loving way to speak the truth to that person? Truthful speech encourages godliness and obedience. And it pleads for growth. Why? Because we want to grow and we want to help others grow. It confronts ungodliness. It confronts sin, but it does it with love as its foundation. Listen, truthful speech is important 
to the health of the church. I want you to imagine a doctor who doesn't tell their patient of their illness out of fear of hurting their feelings or a, a person who's being prescribed medication to help them get better and a loved one refuses to confront them about their failure to take it. In both of these cases, much needed truth is not being spoken, but in the church, a lack of truth is a sign that there are problems. And I believe that God has called us to be truth speakers. We as Christians speak the truth in all situations, but we do it in love. We have made love, unfortunately, an afterthought to how we share truth rather than a prerequisite to how we frame the truth we are called to share. And social media, I believe, only exacerbates this problem because on social media, it's almost like we're free from thinking about love. It's almost like it unhinges any, any idea of love from our minds or our hearts, and so we just rant and rave and share our truth without thinking, is this the most loving way that I could do this? So we know that we must speak the truth in love, and we do it at the right time, the right moment. We use wisdom in how we share truth. Second, we do it with the right heart. Everything we say should be filtered to, through the two greatest commandments. I want you to think about this. When Jesus was approached and said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he said, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. This is how we filter everything we say. Is what I'm saying God-honoring, showing that I love God, and is what I say, bringing love to my neighbor. Before any word comes out of our mouth, we should ask, does this stir up love for God and does this encourage love for others? And in order to determine whether or not what we're about to say uh, can pass that test, I always go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, reading verse 4 through 8, and I say, well, what is love? Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude does not insist on its own way, it's not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Why? Because love never fails. You see, when you come to every conversation, when you bring your truth and you bring it with love at the root, you come at it with a right heart, and a right heart is the only way to walk as followers of Christ, carrying truth and love. That involves a right tone. And let's be real, there's a lot of you out there that'll say to me right now, you say, well, Caleb, I don't really think about my tone because I just tell it like it is, right? I just tell it how it is. A lot of you out there, that's you. Like, I'm a straight shooter, right? Like, I tell it how it is. And I would say, do you know, you're, you're probably often just a jerk, there's a difference between people who tell it like it is and people who speak the truth in love. God's people speak the truth in love. I don't think we should ever, as followers of Christ, be a tell it like it is people. No. Where I speak the truth, but I do it with love. That's different than tell it like it is. Sharing the truth in love is often as much about how you share the truth as it is what you're sharing in your truth. 
We have to share it with a right heart, a right spirit, a right attitude. Why? Because this draws people unto us rather than pushes people away from us. And right now what I see is a lot of people pushing away from others, pushing others away from them. We have family members pushing others away. Why? Because of political things, because of a virus, because of uh, racial division. And, and, and more and more is trying to divide us. And the church must say, no, we will stand for truth, but we will do it with love. Why? So we can draw people unto us. What if the church walked in love all the time? I believe we would look very different. Your social media posts would probably look very different. Your attitude and how you approach people of different ideologies and political views and stances would probably look very different if we framed our words and our truth with love. Third is we have to, or how we speak the truth in love is we do it from a right relationship. And what I mean is we build relationships. The Bible says, in Ephesians 4.25 here, I'm jumping ahead a few verses, says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Listen, we have to put away lies. We must speak the truth, but we have to do it framed in love. It says here, the truth with his neighbor. We must make sure the content of our speech is Christ-honoring, and therefore, the content of our speech should always be truthful and honest, including being encouraging at times and confrontational at times. But it always is done in relationship. I don't come at people with confrontation until I get to know them a little bit. I, I usually start with some encouragement, with some positivity, with some love before I can confront them on something that I disagree with them on. You know, it's funny, I had a Facebook interaction a few weeks back, and I don't know if you guys interact on Facebook. Um, I wouldn't always recommend it, but um, I, I responded to a friend of mine on Facebook, um, and he had posted something, and I just like came at him, and, and I had a little different perspective, and my truth was different than his truth. And so I came at him, and, and I disagreed with him. And we went back and forth for a while. His name is Caleb, too. Um, so that's probably why we're even more unified, same name. And I came at him, and we went back and forth. And as we were disagreeing, and, and we were, like, very different perspectives, we still, at the end, came to a place of love. And I said, man, I, I respect your opinion. I respect what you're saying. I may disagree, but but I respect it, I love you. And, and right there on Facebook, there was a civil discourse that took place. And I was proud of myself, and I was proud of him. But I look back on it, and I'm like, the only reason that we were able to end what, what, what some would have looked at as like a heated debate with love was because I know him. And because he knows me. Because I know his heart. And he knows my heart. And we've talked together and we've laughed together and, and, and we've had fun together and we've done activities together. And so I could disagree out of a relationship. But I came at it and, and, I, and I probably didn't have all the love I should have, but I came at it. And at the end, I, brought, I made sure I brought my love into it. Why? Because truth 
has to be attached with love, or all it does is push people away. It starts and it ends with relationships. It's really hard to love people that you don't know, but it's also often even harder to love people that you're close to. And that's why daily we have to pray, God, give me greater love. God, let me love people that disagree with me. Let me love people rather than cancel people. In a cancel culture. I heard somebody say just a few minutes ago, like, what if we cancel, cancel culture? That's my vote today. That we cancel, cancel culture. Why? Because we want to cancel people that God has called us to love. At the end of the day, our primary purpose is to point people to Jesus, to bring people into the kingdom of God. And I think we've forgotten that in this moment. And we're walking around on this earth and in this season and on social media and we're sharing our truth but we've let go and released and, and, and written off any attachment to love that we're supposed to have. We have to carry love last. If we're going to speak the truth in love, we have to do it with right truth. And, and this is going to be a crunchy one, this last point of right truth. And what I mean is you better know it's true. Now, I'm not saying you can't share something that you're still investigating, you're still figuring out. But I think the biggest challenge for us right now in this season is that it feels like nothing is true. And we've been in an era where the world would say there's no absolute truth. So it's not surprising now that you can go online and the news and social media and every time one expert says one thing, there's another expert saying the exact opposite thing and it feels like there is no more truth. And I'll be honest, I've had moments where I, I don't know what's true anymore. I don't know what to believe anymore. Some of you are with me. We may not know what is true as it relates to this virus or what's best for our country politically. Some of you are like, well, I know, no, that's your truth. But we know the truth when it comes to God's word. We know the truth that God's will is that none should perish. We know the truth that our purpose and our call is to go into all the nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We know the truth that we have a call on this earth to love, to show love, to be loved, to spread the love of Christ to the ends of the earth. We know the truth of who we are to be in this world. And I would challenge you in this moment that that would be the truth that comes out of your mouth more than anything else. Because that truth is one that is rooted in love. The truth that Jesus died for all mankind. The truth that God has a plan and a purpose the truth that he came to give us life and life to the fullest, the best life, not a less than life, not a half life, but a life that would transcend anything that would happen on this earth physically. So listen, every church has a responsibility to be healthy. And a healthy church is known by its willingness to put away falsehood and to speak truth in love to one another. 
What if we refused to see one another as obstacles on our path to happiness, but saw one another as opportunities to love and serve on our path to heaven? Opportunities to love and serve on our path to heaven. What if we begin to see the people in our lives as that? You see, I think a lot of us have grabbed hold of truths, but they're truths that have nothing to do with this. And we're daily voicing our truths that have nothing to do with this. And we're daily shouting our truths that have nothing to do with this. And we're daily throwing our truths in people's faces and they have nothing to do with this. And I would challenge you today that you would make sure that this truth becomes your primary truth. That this truth becomes the truth that you declare more than any other truth that you think is true on this earth. Why? Because this truth is a truth that is rooted in love. If you share this truth, it always has the underlying foundation of love. And we are called to be truth and love. You and I, church. So I want to speak the truth and love to you today. And I want to say a lot of you, including me, were acting like children. And that's what this text told us. I read it at the beginning. It says, so that we may no longer, no longer be children. No longer be children tossed to and fro by the ways of all these things, human cunning, craftiness, deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. You see that? I just want to challenge us that we would stop being children and we would grow up. And the Bible tells us how to do that. We do it by speaking the truth in love. Love. That's how you grow up. Some of us are still like Canaan and Kai over here. We're supposed to be Randy, the gray fox, you know, seasoned and grizzly. But we're still children running around on social media, ranting and raving. And God's saying, no, 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 it's time to grow up. It's so easy to grow up. All you got to do is love. It's not that hard. Love. The, the world needs the church to be mature in this moment in history. Unshakable agents of unity and love in this moment. And some of us need to repent. We need to repent about how we've spoken to others, how we've interacted with people, our friends, our family. Some of you need to text someone right now, call someone right now, apologize to someone right now, and say, look, I'm sorry, I lost... Uh, my foundation of love and I had my truth but I realized that there's only one truth and it's something that's rooted in love and I want to tell you I love you you need to text someone right now you need to call someone right now and I'm saying to th this to you in love because I want you to be the mature follower of Christ God has called you to be and I want to be that so today church I want to pray for us I want to pray for you. Some of you that you know, you say, Caleb, I haven't been mature. And God wants me to walk in maturity. He wants me to walk in love. Before I do that, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you've been listening to this. You've been hearing 
And I've been talking about this Savior Jesus that came and died and He came for all mankind. He came that none should perish. And He came so you could have life to the fullest. And today you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to surrender your heart fully to Him. I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible tells us all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and you will be saved. That's it. It's that simple. So today, would you pray this prayer with me? If you need Jesus, repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins, and I believe you rose again three days later. And today, I receive you into my life. I don't want to walk in condemnation or, or frustration or sin any longer. Today, I commit my life wholeheartedly to you. I love you, Jesus. I want to follow you with all that I am in your name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, we're rejoicing with you. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. Um, we want to pray with you. We want to connect with you. Make sure you click the link below to let us know that you just prayed that prayer with us. But for the rest of you out there, I want to pray a prayer over us that we would be mature. That we would mature right now. We would no longer be children tossed to and fro. The Bible says you are children when you don't speak truth in love. You are children when you don't put the two together. And today, I believe some of us are going to mature. We're going to level up in this moment. As we say, I'm putting truth and love together. I haven't been doing it, Caleb, but I'm going to do it today. Let me pray over us. God, may we walk in truth and love. God, may we not shy away from your truth. May we not speak the truth, be afraid to speak the truth. But may we always do it seasoned with love, covered in love. We know that truth without love will crush people. But we also know that love without truth leaves people lost and searching. So today I pray that we would walk in both. We would walk in truth and love together as your word has called us to. And may we in this moment mature. Some of us that have been acting like children, maybe we're mature. And may we walk in the truth and love you called us to walk in. Why? because you want to use us in this world. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for this opportunity. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, we love you, church. We're praying for you. Listen, I wish we could be together in person, and I believe it's coming soon. I, I can't even tell you how much I miss preaching to people live. I mean, the camera's great. It's great. You know, you guys get to see me, but, but I miss you. I miss seeing your faces. I, I, I can't wait to hug some of you. It's coming. Keep praying. We believe that, that we're going to be able to meet someday soon. But in the meantime, thank you for being with us online. Thank you for connecting, engaging online. Um, God's doing something in this season. He's up to something. And uh, we're going to see the fulfillment of that in the coming weeks, months. We love you guys. God bless you. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you soon. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But well, I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.